Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Replatform podcast. Uh, today it's just myself, James, and I'm going to be talking about the fascinating topic of running effective um, stakeholder requirements gathering sessions. So this is really looking at the initial phase before you start to consider which platforms could be relevant to the business or even trying to understand how you can evaluate the platforms. And I've got 10 key tips based on projects I've worked on over the years that help make this process more effective to properly engage with stakeholders, uh, set the clear boundaries uh, and get as much out of it as possible whilst not losing sight of what you're trying to do. Hopefully these tips will be self-explanatory, but if not, as always on these podcasts, feel free to get in touch afterwards and ask as many questions as you like. Okay, so let's go through the 10 points. The first one is making sure you engage with all relevant people. I've been in businesses where people tend to underestimate how many people need to be involved. So they think one or two can cover off all of the questions and answer on behalf of colleagues. And this is dangerous for two reasons. Number one is sometimes we all think we know more than we do and we think we understand other people's roles better than we actually do. So we could miss critical requirements or we might not be able to articulate what the need is effectively enough so we might misunderstand what, what is required from the business users. Secondly, if you don't engage with stakeholders, you're not buying them into the process from the start. The whole point is you want people to buy into this process so that they they feel like they're contributing, but also so that they, they've got a stake in this. And this is really important later on because when you start to talk to people about a solution and whether it's right for the business and fit for their purpose, if they've had no involvement, they don't even know why this solution is being presented to them. A, it could put backs up, but also it makes it harder for you to convince them that, that the solution they're looking at is related to them, their job, their, their pressures, the things that frustrate them. So really important to engage all people. It doesn't mean you have to involve everyone in every single discussion, or some people can be involved for a short amount of time, others for a longer period. The most important thing is it's actually um, it's a decent thing to do to make people feel part of the overall project like they can influence the outcome of it. The second thing that's linked very closely to this is if you involve multiple people you have to be very clear on the boundaries of the project and the process so when you're doing requirements gathering it's very important to establish in people's minds what you're trying to do and what you're not trying to do so this is not the stage where you go into the nth degree of detail to build out very complex functional specifications for exactly how things work or to define a solution to a problem the aim here is to understand what the business needs to achieve in the context of an e-commerce platform, therefore what does that platform need to enable? So these are high-level requirements. It's things like, for example, in, if you're international commerce, it's important to your business. Specifying the, the different site versions you need, the different currencies, what languages need to be supported from a content point of view, which payment methods need to be provided to actually uh, deliver the best customer service across the different countries. You're, what you're not trying to talk about is how you would actually execute a new site migration, for example, that detail comes later on in the process. But we've got to make sure now that functionally, any platforms we consider deliver the high level requirements of the business. So set clear boundaries, tell people what the scope of the project is. Tell them what it isn't. So if you're um, approaching project delivery from an MVP point of view, which is pretty standard in, in replatforming projects because they're quite complex. So MVP, minimum viable um, product. Set a clear expectation about what is going to be delivered within the available budget for the phase one MVP launch. It might be that a business wants to integrate a um, new enterprise CRM into the business, and that's a separate project. But actually, the scope of deliverables for e-commerce is not to provide 
new CRM integration is to get a new e-commerce platform bedded into the existing business processes and then in the subsequent phase to integrate with a new new CRM. So it's really important to set the expectations clearly up front because if people buy into a process and start getting excited about a new platform and what it can deliver and then they find out on day one it doesn't deliver what they thought it was, it puts people off, it can make it harder to get them engaged with the new tools and technology and the new processes. So at least by telling them what it is, what it isn't, um, it enables them to understand what they should focus on. And also, if they if they want to challenge that, to be able to go to their senior manager and say, look, I, I don't think this project is going to deliver what we need. The next bit, number three, is having a succinct brief and discussion guide for every single uh, conversation, whether it's a face-to-face -face workshop, a remote um, you know, video conference, phone call, etc. Make sure everyone who's invited knows why they're there. The, each session has a clear goal and objective. There are um, discussion points that set an outline for, for what you want to achieve. And there are outcomes uh, aligned to each session so people know what, the, what success looks like. So be very clear with people. Get that information to them in advance. If there's any pre-work or there's any materials you want them to bring with them to help facilitate discussion, brief them on that as well and give them enough time. So... Good example, um, a big project worked on with House Fraser, when we were looking into some of the content management requirements, we wanted people in the content team to come with uh, overviews of current content production processes. What is the step-by-step the -step process for creating content, um, uploading it, editing, controlling, publishing, etc. You've got to give people time to get that information ready so don't just send them an invite for a meeting in the morning and expect them to bring loads of process documentation and to have thought about things that are new to them so once we've ticked off number three we move on to number four which is to ensure that when you're going through these workshops that you don't lose sight of what you're trying to achieve so as the person who's either the project manager or the business lead don't allow the discussions to go down the rabbit hole and this is it's an inevitable human tendency you'll get into a discussion so I've been involved in discussions where we've been talking about product catalog management and then people have gone off down a sidetrack about well how do we do range planning and rain and product sourcing and you have to bring people back to say I know that's interesting however it's not going to impact the selection of your your platform this is what we're focusing on so if there's an important discussion that the business needs to follow up on, for example, it's process related and that process needs to be defined because it then enables the use of the platform, make sure they're captured, but put those onto an action log and focus the discussions purely on the requirements that you need to capture that are going to influence the project team discussion around which technology is fit for purpose to enable that. So don't lose sight of important discussions, but don't allow people to sidetrack conversations so you don't achieve the primary goal of each session. Assuming that that's managed nicely and effect uh, effectively, it's really important to then capture, which is number five, capture dependencies and actions that need to be taken to enable you to get to the point where you have a accurate set of high-level requirements that can be signed off by the business. So by dependencies, I mean, are there, for example, other projects that will have a dependency upon the e-commerce replatforming. So this could be, uh, example, a say there's a CRM project and the CRM uh, project is due to be signed off in the next few weeks where there'll be a decision on what the CRM solution is. Well, actually, that's an important thing to know because from an e-commerce platform point of view, you'd obviously want to look at uh, vendors that fit your requirements uh, um, needs 
but would be favoured where they have proven connectors and integrations with that CRM because that starts to to de-risk and, uh, and, and take some of the complexity away if there's already a proven integration path where that platform works with that system. So dependencies are important to track. And then in, also in reverse that is if there are discussions coming up where actually there's a dependency on a person or another part of the business where follow-up is required, make sure that's captured as an action and that that can be taken to other stakeholders to provide inputs to, to resolve outstanding questions. This leads on to point six, which is during these, these sessions, you get through a lot of information and the tendency amongst uh, uh, many stakeholders is just to think about how they do work now. The as-is situation, not the 2B world. What operating model do they want to be working in that unpicks inefficiencies or improves capabilities that they've currently got? So often, requirements are articulated and, okay, this is how we do it now. That's what we need. The role of the facilitator in this process, whether that's an external facilitator or it's um, yourself within your business, is to challenge that as-is thinking and say, look, don't just think about what we do now. What would you like to do better? What would you like to do smarter? What have you learned in other businesses or what do you know that competitors do that would enable us to, to work more effectively? So this could be unpicking manual processes and turning them into automated workflows to save time and allow business to focus on value add rather than tedious, unnecessary manual activities. It's about not replicating things that aren't efficient. So I'll give you a couple of examples from projects I've worked on. So we're talking about content management Encouraging people to think about not just what they manage at the moment, but other areas of this website that they should content manage that would free up development time so they don't have to keep requesting changes to IT. Uh, example is, is forms, uh, data forms on a website, and you have um, form field labels. I've worked on a project where those labels were hard-coded. If the business wanted to change the label or they wanted to change the order um, around, they couldn't do anything without going to IT and requesting development. So challenge that thinking and say what what should we unpick within a new solution another example of that is a, another company I work with where they couldn't do any editing via CMS of the main navigation menus so again if they wanted to change a menu um, you know menu hierarchy menu labels the order in drop-down menus they had to go to the IT team to request that as a development piece which so it goes into a queue takes time has to be QA tested, released, etc. And there's and then straight overhead to the business. So get them to think, well, actually, no, I want to control those menus. I want to be able to go to CMS and change that. I want to run A-B tests on it, etc. Then we get on to number seven. Inevitably, as you go through this, lots of processes are discussed, whether it's uh, creation and uploading of products, uh, management of content, publishing of content, uh, creating new user journeys on the site, launching big campaign, lots of processes uh, that enable e-commerce to work effectively. It's critical at this stage not just to accept that there is a process, but to clarify how does it work. Is there anything unique to the business that has to be done that, if it isn't done, creates an operational inefficiency or, or makes it harder to trade or to service customers? Wherever possible, you want to normalise processes in terms of how e-commerce platforms and other systems work by default but you also need to not disadvantage the business if customizations happen for a very good reason so ask for explanation about process make sure you've understood at a high level what those processes are who gets involved and what the role of the e-commerce platform is in that and also where a decision has been made in the past to do something in a particular way and i've seen this around how products um catalogs are architected and how 
uh, products are configured in terms of like parent and child products and use of product attribute data. Is was that decision made because of a limitation or a lack of resource, or was it made for a specific business need? Don't just replicate. It comes back to the earlier point. Don't just replicate something um, because it's there. Challenge whether that process and way of doing it needs to be rethought to be more efficient as a business. Whether that is in in terms of automating what's manual or freeing up time of, of more expensive specialist resource like developers to focus on value-add projects rather than doing day-to-day -day menial changes. This then leads on to number eight, which is validate the business importance of things that are being specified. So if somebody is saying that they want to do something differently or want to do something new, we need to understand how important that is. How, and where's that come from? Has that come from the fact that you know, somebody likes the idea of doing it or is there a genuine business case that's been put together that says that we need to do this we just haven't been able to enable it so far in the current technology stack this helps in terms of prioritization of what you need to consider within the mvp capability versus what might come later and when you're evaluating a platform you've got to look at the mvp implication plus latest phases to understand how easy it will be to to develop the future roadmap but very important to, to, to challenge people in a positive way. It doesn't mean you say to people, well, that's nonsense, why do you have that? It's more about, okay, so what's driven that business need? Is it, a, is it a customer need? Is it your need? Is it about cost efficiency? Is it a revenue opportunity? You know, what, what is the information you could provide to help us get a better context for it? The next thing that needs to do, we're on to point nine now, is... At the end of each of these sessions, because typically um, a lot of sessions have different stakeholder groups, it'd be very clear to people that the aim of the process of requirements gathering is not to turn around and say you will get everything you tell us about. It's about understanding, it's a funnel for, for basically channeling business needs into a pot that can then be, you can make sense of in the context of agreed scopes and budgets to look at what needs to be enabled versus what else the business wants to achieve. Inevitably, some things come out of this that aren't related to e-commerce that an e-commerce project can't solve. So I've seen this before where people have talked about inefficiencies in um, warehouse processes. Now, that's not an e-commerce dependency. That's the warehouse management systems. It's back office processes. E-commerce will not fix and resolve that issue for the business. It's really important to set that clear expectation of stakeholders Look, here is the scope we're working towards. You know, we're not going to ignore your requirements. However, please realise that some of the things you talked about today will not be fixed by this project. So they'll be put onto a, um, you know, an end action and an issues log for follow up in the business. But make sure you understand that the e-commerce platform will not solve it. There's nothing worse than people getting a new shiny bit of kit, thinking that it's going to solve all their woes, and realising actually the same the processes still exist and they can't do what they want to do. And it's nothing to do with the technology. It's to do with other parts of the business. Now that moves on to the last and by no means least um, point 10, which is you've gone through this process, you've talked to people, you've captured a lot of information, you've probably done a lot of refinement in your own head before you start to, to document. You've then got to play this back. It's no good there's taking this and saying, right, there we go, we've got the requirements. You've got to play back what you've heard and what you've learned and what you've validated to all those stakeholders and say, right, is this now an accurate portrayal of what we discussed? I've, I've split this out into the buckets of what I think should be part of an MVP platform versus what's roadmap. I split out things that are not e-commerce dependencies that are either internal process or data or people uh, challenges that need to be addressed elsewhere. Have we missed anything? Is anything inaccurate and doesn't represent what you what you needed? 
play it back, get them to sense check it and get them to sign it off. Because that does one or two things. Number one, it makes them still feel involved and like you've checked and made sure you've understood them. Secondly, it gives an accountability because they need to take ownership. Business stakeholders need to take ownership of what their requirements are driving the platform selection so that they don't turn around later on in the project and say, oh, but you didn't ask me or I didn't know or that's not what I meant. So really important. It's not about finding people out or telling people off. It's purely to give visibility, transparency and accountability to the project. Because if you put junk in at this stage, you get a completely warped uh, evaluation of um, the platforms because you're doing it based on requirements that haven't been validated and aren't accurate. So hopefully that gives you a good set of criteria against which to structure and plan requirements gathering workshops in a replatform project which then would inform the project team to help them refine and, and shortlist down the, the relevant platform technologies that would fit with this. If you've got any questions, do drop me a line. And if you do want to hear about future podcasts, then please do uh, go onto the website and sign up. Uh, you can get onto the email mailing list um, or alternatively, you can uh, sign up to the RSS feed. There's a link on the website to that as well. Thanks very much for listening.